All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Performance for Life podcast. This is your co-host, Jake Laspinato, here with my very other special co-host, Mr. Hey, Christopher Leone. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, today, we have a really special guest on. His name is Rob Carney. And to tell you guys a little bit more about him, Rob actually teaches the foundations of wellness and the basics of growing your own food so that you can embody a holistic lifestyle. This unique blend of wellness and gardening enables you to experience personal growth while utilizing the principles of nature. Rob is a Czech holistic lifestyle coach with a bachelor's degree in sustainable food and farming. He has spent the past 11 years incorporating a variety of health practices to utilize into his wellness arsenal. Motivated by a concussion that knocked him out of physical activities at 17 years old, he set out on a mission to become the best version of himself and empower others in the process. In early 2017, Rob began a transformative journey to Southeast Asia where monumental shifts occurred. Living in the jungles of Sri Lanka as the only American, Rob gained perspective and experience connecting without the use of a common language. He recognized that the smallest details can make all the difference in life. Rob, man, thanks for being here, brother. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, funny. We were chatting before just about how Jake, you and I have been connected on Instagram for, you know, voice memoing and messaging back and forth for over a year now. We're finally live and as close to in the flesh as, uh, <laughs> as we get these days in, in the digital world. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, man. It's crazy. And it, it's really cool because I, I think like that's one of the coolest things about 2021 now. And honestly, like I feel like social media as a tool is incredible in that way where we can connect with other people. I mean, I'm also a, a Czech holistic lifestyle coach level one. And I think that's somehow how we connected somewhere down the the rabbit hole of, uh, you know, Paul Czech. And I reference Paul Czech constantly on this podcast. I, I love the guy, man. He's been such a, such an influence in my life. And always has a funny way of connecting us, huh? It does. Yeah. To that point, it's like, you know, the amount of people that we've met or I've met over the past couple of years throughout all the craziness that's been going on in the world. It's like, to some degree, it's, it's been a blessing. You know, it's kind of forced a lot of people that are looking to grow. It's like, hey, let me find more people who are on the same wavelength because obviously there's quite a divide going on in the world right now. But if we can do the best we can to shine our light and hopefully inspire other people to use this as a time to optimize themselves. We got a good opportunity. You know, life is never going to be easy. There's always going to be those ups and downs. And I think that every time something bad happens, it's easy to focus on, hey, this is the worst thing ever. But, you know, you just got to roll the punches and just recognize that's part of life. There's no, no all day. There's no all summer. There's night and there's winter and there's everything in between. So, you know, we just got to keep working through it all. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. I want to hear more about your story, Rob. I, I actually, this is the first time... I even heard about this uh, journey that you went on to Southeast Asia and, you know, um, especially like uh, the concussion that you experienced when you were 17. And it's funny, it seems like a lot of times too, it's, it's those, it's those injuries or it's those life circumstances, those big life shifts that create a big life shift. (laughs) So, well, you know, to your point, you Speaking of Paul Check, he always talks about the pain teacher. You know, the great pain teacher is one of the greatest teachers we can ever experience. And 
in the moment, it's seen again, seems like the worst thing ever. But then when we take a step back and really look at it, you know, that concussion was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, I went from having, you know, better than average vision, you know, like 2015, you know, well above average vision. Now my vision has gone worse. I get double vision if I look at a little, you know, a certain angle. Cause basically I was water skiing, kind of a freak accident, flipped over the way. My skis hit me underneath my eyes. So my, I definitely was a little bit different after that. You know, I think my, my brain works a little bit different than a lot of people, which, you know, at, at the time I was going to all these different doctors and brain specialists who, weren't really giving me any sort of leeway, giving me patches and pills and, you know, stuff for symptoms, but not addressing any root cause. And so, you know, for me, it became this, there's gotta be a better way. Like this, what these doctors can't tell me, it's not working. <laughs> like I'm not getting better. And so it was about five and a half months of really not being able to do any sort of physical activity without getting dizzy or lightheaded sensitivity to lights was a big thing. And I was a state swimmer. I played lacrosse. So it was like, it was tough to be, you know, a lot of my ego was wrapped up in my physical ability and then that kind of got knocked out of me. And, but again, from that, that led me to get into yoga. The only sort of movement I could get into without experiencing these concussive symptoms. Again, it's in a dark room, slow movement. So it's kind of the, a great recipe for recovery in that. And that led to meditation, led to, you know, massage, getting massages from massage therapists, led to chiropractic acupuncture, Reiki, you know, just going down this holistic health rabbit hole. And as the bug bit me, it was like, how can I just learn more? So I started working with, working for holistic nutritionists, you know, I worked in an acupuncture massage place for a while and just started going down this studying everything I could, learning from everyone I could. And then, like I said, in um, 2017, my, my good friend from college, um, his name is Mithra. Um, he's born and raised in Sri Lanka. You know, he was one of my best friends over there. We always joked about, oh, you know, it'd be cool one day to go visit you and your family over in Sri Lanka. And then one day we were just like, why don't we actually do that? Like, what, what, what's holding us back from that? And so, you know, went over there, uh, spent a few months in Sri Lanka. You know, like I said, or, you know, you said in that intro, only American, you know, most of the, this is middle of nowhere, Sri Lanka, you know, a very third world country. Most people don't have a phone or television or even radio, like a lot of these things. And so, you know, me walking in there as a six foot one blonde hair, blue eyed white dude wasn't the most common sight for people to uh, see in there. And so it gave me a whole different perspective on life. You know, traffic would stop if I was in there, like people would be like pointing at me, like, what is he? Why is he here? Like ask my friend these questions. So again, this is not a touristy area. Like this is we're working on a farm. That's what we were there doing. So you know, just completely different perspective, connecting with people without a common language. There's a lot of body language, you know, reading people's energy and, and all that type of stuff. So shifted my entire life, went to Thailand after that, um, in Malaysia and Philippines, did a silent meditation retreat, a Buddhist monk temple in um, Thailand, which is incredibly transformative. Um, and then came back in, you know, mid 2017 and realized I couldn't get a real job, which I would never was really good at anyway. Um, you know, worked on a couple of farms and, um, in 2018, I went to LA and joined a startup company. Again, I always have this entrepreneurial bug in me. Long story short, it was a preventative screening company, functional medicine type of thing. And so we got to go to a lot of these different trade shows, learn from top functional medicine doctors all over the country, traveling every other weekend, really cool, really draining company. Didn't work out, returned back to Boston September 2018 with about 10 grand in credit card debt um, from that failed startup. And then at that point I said, Hey, you know, I'm done working for other people, building their dreams and 
know, like any financial advice person would tell me, Hey, why don't you go spend more money and start your own business? <laughs> um, which is exactly what I did. So went a little bit more money in the hole, figured, Hey, I'm already 10 grand in what's another few grand. And, um, you know, started a whole Huff connections and then just started working some part-time jobs in the, in the mix there to get myself rocking and rolling, um, settled at a after school program, teaching kids about health and yoga and gardening and, you know, just teaching kids what I wish my kids or hope my kids will learn when I do have kids and what I wish I knew growing up. Um, and then when COVID started, that was the end of that. So then I've been full fledged in my business, you know, hundred percent since March of 2020 and um, doing the best I can to shine the light and share the, the messages I've learned over that time. Wow. Damn, man. That's, that's really powerful. Yeah, that, that, that certainly is. Uh, <laughs> that, that's I feel like I'm, I'm like speechless. Like, I'm just like, damn. It's that fun, was- man. You know, it's like just all these, like I said, I, I was just somebody who couldn't have a regular job. So it was like, anytime somebody's like, Hey, you want to come work at my farm? Well, you know, pay for your food and housing. Sure. Like and just those, like, sure. Why not? Like what? I don't want to be sitting at a desk all day. So any of those little opportunities, I always just jumped at. And I think part of it was, you know, if I'm real with myself when I was younger, part of it is it looked cool to be traveling a lot. So as I kind of got to you know, have that little ego boost, like, yeah, I'm a guy that travels a lot. I do all this cool stuff. And that was definitely part of it. If I'm being real with myself, but, you know, the other side of it is, you know, I'm kind of an adventure seeker. I just like to have new experiences, meet new people, experience different cultures. Um, again, being from Boston, Massachusetts, growing up in you know, a few different areas around here, but generally speaking, the greater Boston area for most of my life, it's, I think it's important to see what other people do on the other side of the globe. Yeah, man, that's, um, I, I can only imagine how powerful that was to, to, to be just in a, in a place that is totally foreign. Um, I mean, I, I, I did a backpack trip to, to Europe and just being in, in some European countries. And like, we stayed, we were staying in Airbnbs and stuff. Cause my girlfriend and I, at the time, we didn't want to like be in like the touristy spots, you know, we wanted to be more submerged in the culture and, um, man, it, it was crazy. Like, I remember that when we got to, um, Florence, Florence, we, we got to basically like an apartment complex, like compound, and we couldn't get into our Airbnb. Like it was locked and like the code wasn't working. So this was like this, this neighborhood. And like, people were like looking out their windows at us, like, you know, who are these two Americans? Like, just, (laughs) are they trying to break in? Like, it was just very uncomfortable. And even that was like very small. We could have just been like, oh no, don't worry. We're, we're staying at the Airbnb, like simple you know, fix, but it was still super uncomfortable and, uh, very, it's, it's very opening to be in those, those positions where it's like, damn, I am so far out of my comfort zone. It is crazy. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's great because the way I look at it is we're not really growing too much. If we're staying in that comfort zone, we, we gotta be, and again, you know, the way the superior man by David did, I think he says the best and I'm paraphrasing here. Basically, we don't want to be so far beyond the comfort zone that we're unable to really even metabolize what's going on, but we want to be on that edge at all, at all yeah. times. So we're getting a little bit of that discomfort and, you know, we can talk about going across the world that we can talk about getting the cold shower that most of us have in our home every day. And that's that little level of discomfort or going to the gym, which, you know, you guys are big into the fitness side. Like, we don't have to go that far to push that comfort right. zone. And I think that 
you know, when I was younger, I just thought, Hey, let me go to do the most extreme things possible because that's how I think I can grow, which was great. And I have no regrets. I'm so happy I did all that, but now I recognize like, Hey, I don't really enjoy running that much. So if I go running, that's pushing my comfort zone. Like I'm much happier, you know, hiking and, you know, rock climbing and doing things I'm more accustomed to. It's also nice to take a warm shower. So if I can get myself in a cold shower, that's pushing that comfort zone too. So we don't really need to go that far to just push our boundaries. Damn, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's something to say about this, um, the, the, the comfort zone that we, that we talk about. Because beyond the, beyond the comfort zone, right, there's the, there's the unknown, right? And the unknown is usually what we, what we fear, right? And once we learn to lean into fear, some, something special happens. It's cool the fact that you was out in Sri Lanka, you didn't know the language, and you were able to communicate with the people, right? So I'm sure there was fear there, right? But in order to survive, you had to lean into that fear or else you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to survive. Right. Which is, which is amazing. So tell, can you, can you talk a little bit about how you were able to lean into that fear and, and, and then just, and just share with the people? Yeah. You know, man, it's like, I was very fortunate. Again, my, one of my best friends from college, you know, is Sri Lankan. So him and his family were basically people that spoke English and he spoke at the best, you know, his parents spoke yeah. it pretty well, his siblings spoke it pretty decently, but you know, beyond that, that was about it. So in the beginning, I remember just like using him as a crutch. Like I was almost like afraid. Cause again, I didn't have a cell phone. I, was, I had no form of communication. I was like, yo, if I get lost, I don't know what I'm going to do. So oh, yeah. It was like, who do I talk to? Like, do I just like point? Like, that's where a lot of us like pointing at stuff. And, you know, working with a lot of the kids at the school, like I pointed a stick and I'd say, you know, stick in English and they say it in Singalese. And we kind of just teach each other that way just by pointing at things. And like, you know, and it became this game of like, oh, you say it this way and then I'll say it my way. And we kind of learned that way. Um, But, you know, it's like at first, like you're saying, I was using my buddy as a crutch. I was like, yo, like you got to come with me because I don't, I don't want to be by myself. And then, kind of getting accustomed to that. And again, I was there for like two and a half months, but it felt like two and a half years, like being so immersed in that. And just, it's like a 11 and a half hour time difference. So I wasn't like even able to communicate with people here when I did have Wi-Fi. So it was just like a whole different time warp over there. But, you know, to, to answer your question, it got to a point where he'd be like, yo, if you take this bus, you know, two hours, you know, you can go find this place. And like, eventually it was like, he wouldn't come with me. And, you know, I just had faith that, Hey, I'm going to figure this thing out. And he just tell me to stop. <laughs> I just like point at a map, like, yo, I'm trying to go here. Like, <laughs> so they're like, just let them know. And then like, they were all very friendly people. And I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, just the energy that we put out into the world. Like I wasn't coming out there like, Hey, I'm this cocky American dude who's trying to, you know, like I was like, big yo, I'm afraid. Like I'm trying to be humble right now. Cause like I'm at yeah. everybody's mercy. So I think a lot of that is just being open, honest and authentic. And, and like, I think that, you know, it's easy to become a tourist who's egotistical and trying to imp- imply, you know, what I think is the right way uh-huh. or, you know, what I think people should be doing. And so my, one of my main intentions was like, Hey, I don't want to tell people how to live. I want to learn from them so they can teach me how to live. Cause these people are much more connected to the earth than we are. You know, they're in it every single day in the elements and really enjoying that. Like there's some of the happiest people I've ever met. Like they're always smiling, always, always friendly and welcoming. And, you know, a big thing in the culture is anytime you go to a new place, they offer you tea, 
um, because tea, you know, my buddy's farm is a tea farm and just, you know, tea is very popular in Sri Lanka. So, you know, just learned a lot of, a lot of little things from that experience. And, and I'll never forget when I first landed back in JFK in New York, um, come back from Asia. And that was the first time I heard mass amounts of English in, you know, many months and just hearing everybody complaining and just feeling mm-hmm. stress levels through the roof. Like, yo, that was probably me before I left. Like people are complaining, like, oh, my flight's 40 minutes. Like, oh, I can't believe, you know, they didn't put sugar on my, like stupid stuff. That it's like <laughs> coming from people trying to put food on their table and people complaining about like their flights late or their, they didn't get sugar in their coffee. It's like these little things. It's like, man, you people have no idea what is actually <laughs> a real problem. So it was a very distinguished moment for me that I recognized that was definitely me before complaining about my new things that don't really matter. And I want to do the best I can from this point forward. Now that I'm aware of that, to not complain about the little things. And if, again, I'm yeah. not perfect. I still complain about bullshit all the time. So, but, uh, you know, do my best. Don't we all, don't we all. <laughs> we, we just try, we try to minimize it as best as we can. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's so crazy, Rob, like you brought up the fact of, you know, to get out of your comfort zone, you would do all these crazy things and, and, you know, traveling. And, and I relate so much to that because I feel like when I first started on this personal development journey, like a big thing for me was like, I wanted to run. I wanted to get out. I wanted to, which of course there was really good intention in that. I wanted to see the world. Uh, the first, one of the first personal development books I read was The Alchemist. And Love that, that book, book, dude, that Chris, have you read that book? Uh, no. Okay. Dude, that, that, I, you got to read that ASAP. Dude, That's yeah, a great book. Dude, that book, I've read it like five or six times since. And, uh, it, it totally changed my life. Like it, 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 some of like listening, re-listening to the book, it could almost like bring me to tears because yes. of, I remember like those moments. It was like these moments of like, Oh my gosh. And like, just learning how to trust, like, you know, you were saying like when you were there just having faith and like, you know, I feel like Santiago, that that's his, the main character's name, right? Santiago. I or, think so. Or, or the, the alchemist or, you know, right. what, what the main character anyway. You know, so I felt like, oh, in order for me to really grow, I I need to go to these places. I need to get like really uncomfortable and go to traveling. And and I wanted to travel anyway. So that's what I did. I just started like going on trips and just exploring and just within the States. But, you know, I, I didn't even realize until more recently. And I feel like you really just even lit that, like really lit that spark is like, we don't have to go very far in order to grow and get uncomfortable, uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like I had a conversation with a client the other day because she was like, can you put, can you not have me do any exercises on the Smith machine? Because I don't want to, I don't like feeling like people are staring at me. I'd rather just be in the corner with my dumbbells. And I was like, I was like, I can really appreciate that fear. I sent her a voice message back and I was like, I can really appreciate that fear. I get it. Like, I remember what it was like going into the gym and feeling like real skinny, real insecure, real like, you know, that was my own, you know, fear. But I was like, but I'm not going to do that for you. Like, I really want you to get over that fear. And it's like, this is actually a really big growing opportunity for you to get over that. And like, maybe people are looking at you, but that's okay. Like if they're judging you, it's so much more of a reflection of themselves and you know, that was something I never used to understand. It was just like that feeling judgment was just a fear in itself and getting over that 
is growth. You know, it's like, so there's so many different ways that we can grow. And I feel like too, you know, I made that mind pump. Do you ever listen to mind pump, Rob? Yeah. I mean, I can't say religiously, but I've listened yeah. to a bit of them. Yeah, for sure. Same. Yeah. I, I, here and there I'll pop in on their podcasts and stuff, but, uh, one of them said like health and fitness is the gateway drug to personal development. And yeah. I really feel that, you know, I really feel like getting over that discomfort and working on our health, you know, because it's a lot of habits that we have to change. You know, it's like, there's so many different habits we have to change. Change in itself is uncomfortable, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, man, I, I feel like there's so much power in that. And just, uh, the, the little things that really amplify our growth and, amplify our personal development. And I think maybe sometimes, at least for myself, it's overlooked like me thinking I have to do all these crazy things in order to grow when it's just like, no, like, why don't you just go, you know, I I have, I'll I'll tell you guys this. I have a pretty big fear of the dark. That's still like, I feel like my little boy surges inside of me anytime there's like dark, like I, where I'm living now, I have to, I'm on the third floor. So I have to walk down outside and then down to my car in the morning. And every morning there's fear that comes up inside of me of like, oh man, I got to make this walk in the dark. Thank, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. I got my phone camera with me. You know, it's like, uh, so, you know, I don't know, man. It's, it's little things like that though. Well, you know, to your point, well, first on the alchemist, I'm going to say that's one of the first books I read cover to cover in one single sitting. And it, it's like a four hour read, but that I remember like reading that and finishing it. Like, I don't think I've ever done that before. Like sat down and didn't do another activity till I finished that book. So, you know, for anybody listening, highly recommend it. It's great on Audible oh as well, but you know, yeah. um, you know, to your point, everything is connected. And that's, you know, for me as a, you know, holistic lifestyle coach, one of the clients I'm working with, you know, I'm kind of laying out like the 12 week plan that we're going to go through. That's kind of like we, you know, for what he was working with would be most appropriate, but I'm not going to tell him that, Hey, one of the first things we're going to do is figure out all the people in your life you need to forgive and who you're holding the resentment to. Cause that's like, that's not the sexy stuff. Like he's coming to me to get healthier. It's like, what, what do you mean forgiving people? I used to work with, especially for a dude. It's like, yeah. you know, as men, that ego is like, we don't want to feel like, we don't want to let them be right. Like we want to be the right ones. And yeah. so, you know, I remember first, first day I was telling him, I could do the forgiveness exercise. Like, Okay. Like, all right. What's this about? Like, what did I just sign up for here? But then, you know, by the end of it, you know, he's like borderline in tears and like, yo, that was one of the most impactful hours of my life. Mm. Like I, like he came back to me the next week. He's like, I have slept better. My stress level has been so much lighter, you know, just like everything improved just from like letting go. Cause how many times throughout the course of a week do we have a thought pop up? Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, well, what if I do that? It's just like these little fleeting thoughts that we don't give a lot of energy to, but they, they repeat. So it's like, how many of these negative repeating thoughts that we have in our brain that if we just got rid of them, which usually is because we're holding a grudge towards another person, you know, in terms of energetic frequencies, forgiveness is one of the highest frequencies that we can radiate at. Like once we're forgiving people, we are so much lighter on our feet. We feel so much of that, that weight off our shoulder. So I just always think it's funny when people are coming to me because they want to get healthier, you know, what weight loss or whatever their, their main goal is. And it's like, well, that's what you want. But I'm going to give you what you need. That's <laughs> often two very different things. Yeah. yeah and I, I love that. I love that expression. I'm, I'm actually pretty sure you know, another shout out to Paul check. He says that it's like, give, give people or tell, tell people what they want to hear, but give people what they need, you yeah. know? And I feel like as coaches, that's like, 
a piece of the art of coaching is like with working with our clients because it's like to a certain extent, yeah, we, and I just actually wrote this on my post. I made a reel today of a, a client that I have and um, we're working on like, you know, rebuilding his foundation, like strengthening his glutes and his core and stretching all the, all the uh, chronically tight areas and strengthening the chronically, you know, lengthened and loosened areas. And it's like, yes, that's important. But, and then it's good to sprinkle in that other stuff, you know, to smash some biceps and triceps and hit some bench press. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you also want to have fun with it, but all that other stuff is so important. You know, like the, like I'm constantly, you know, we talk about this a lot on the podcast is like, you know, the physical side of health is of course so important taking care of our bodies and what we eat, but it's like the mental and emotional and spiritual is like so much deeper. Like we made this reference, like the physical is like the tip of the iceberg. And then like the mental, emotional, spiritual is like the base of the iceberg. And it's like, you know, I think what I would actually ask you, this kind of leads me into a question here is like with your clients, right? Like what do you do? Like you use that example, but what's kind of your approach with, with starting to introduce that stuff. And like people who are listening, who might not, who might not really have much experience with mental, emotional, spiritual work. Like what is your advice to them to start sprinkling that into their, their daily lives and, and helping them? So, you know, a big thing I like to tell people that we're going to start with, we're going to start by getting rid of all the bad shit because I can, you know, I can have you start walking and that's great. But, and if you're drinking six cans of soda every single day, you know, that walking probably isn't going to help, you know, balance that out. So I always say, you know, we want to start by getting, that's part of the forgiveness. We want a clean house, like any crap you got going into your body. We want to get that out first. Cause like you're saying about getting a, a strong foundation, if we're building off an unsteady foundation where somebody is blaming people, shaming people, eating crap, not moving, like all these different lifestyle factors we can get into. And we're trying to build on top of that. That's not a very sustainable approach. Yeah, you may see some short-term results and that's cool. You know, sometimes that's actually a great approach because then people see some momentum and then they're ready to dive into some of those other aspects. So definitely on a person-by-person basis, but as a general theme, my idea is how can we clean out the garbage first and then fill back in? Because if they're filled with garbage, we can put all this good stuff in, but there's not room for the good stuff because the garbage is taking up all the space. So And when it comes to these mental, emotional things, again, definitely depends on the person, but a lot of times I will approach it from the physical side of, you know, I think what a lot of people add as a general population think of health as, you know, movement and food, you know, movement and nutrition, working out and nutrition, whatever, you know, words we want to use. So sometimes I will start with that. Hey, you know, I want you to go for a 10 minute walk every day. And then once that 10 minute walk becomes a habit, Hey, let's make that 15. Cool. Now the 15, cool. Let's make it 20 and just slowly start building that up because I find if I tell people, Hey, let's go for a 20 minute walk. Let's do 10 minutes of journaling. Let's do 10 minutes of meditation. Let's start you know, exercising, you know, 10 minutes a day, let's do 10 minutes. It just becomes too much. So my idea is clean stuff out and add like one new thing a week. You know, one small thing that it's like, you have no, if you come back to me and say, you didn't, you didn't do a five minute walk every single day. Like you have no, like you're in the wrong place. Like you're paying me for nothing because if you can't do five minutes a day of walking, like you're not going to, see too much of a result. And that gets that, that brain trained. You know, Jocko Willink, I love the phrase discipline equals freedom. You know, how can we become more disciplined? Cause that's the mind muscle. It's like, so yeah, we're doing physical things, but people love to see results from physical. 
If somebody loses weight, they can see that it's tangible. If they add some muscle, they see that it's tangible. For the thought patterns, you know, the mindset stuff, it's not always as tangible because you can't see it. Like we don't use our, our senses to, you know, feel it or see it or whatever. And only we see that. Other people don't see that. Where the physical side, other people see that. And that gives us that validation, which you can say it's good or bad. I think part of that's human nature. We want to be accepted. We want to be perceived in the best light. And that's cool. So it's, it's, it's this fine line of working all these things in, but it definitely is a, you know, person by person approach. Sometimes I don't have a great answer for that because I feel like I kind of get into that intuitive mode that sometimes I'll come into a session, have a whole plan read out and do nothing of it because I realize as soon as I'm there, this is not what this person needs today. And maybe I'll save it for another time or maybe I scrap it. So, you know, that was kind of a long winded answer to your question. I don't even know if I answered it on the <laughs> no, point, but did. hopefully yeah. that was something. No, it sounds, it sounds like, you know, you're saying like, you know, the, one of the first things to start with is to essentially clean house, like start implementing, you know, factors into these people's lifestyles that is going to get them to start just feeling better initially, you know, because it's like, really, if you think about it, if, even if you are exercising and, you know, eating right, if you're still drinking six cans of soda a day, your mind's not going to be operating very well. Your hormonal system is definitely not going to be operating very well. And, you know, that, that affects everything else to trickle down. So one thing on that uh, guys is as you're cleaning house, right. And those things that we label as bad, right. That we, that we're cleaning up. Do you, do you take time to allow your clients to um, forgive themselves for those elements that we've, you know, tagged as tagged as bad because I think self-forgiveness plays a really important role in order to kind of move forward, right? Because if we can't forgive ourselves, how will we forgive anyone else? So what's your thoughts on that, Rob? Yeah. You know, like you said, it's at the end of the day, if, if we're not feeling good about where we're at, we're probably not going to have good interaction with anybody else we come in contact with. And so, you know, I like the idea we got to fill our own cup up first. I think there's a lot of people that think that they are serving others by sacrificing themselves to, you know, whether it's especially a lot of mothers are very good at self-sacrifice for their children. Because again, again, part of that's human nature. Like mothers are, I think the most loving human beings on the face of this planet. Like I don't think anybody loves is fully as a mother does. I, I mean, I don't know if that's even Agreed. possible to compete Agreed, with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so from that perspective, it's like, Hey, you know, you can be thinking that you're doing what's best for other people by sacrificing yourself, but that's not sustainable. You know, you got to fill your cup up first because if your cup is full, now you have overflow. Now you're giving out a love and abundance as opposed to that, that scarcity mindset. So, you know, to your point, you know, we, we need to be forgiving ourselves because yeah, we did the best we could with what we had and now we know better. So now mm -hmm. let's do better. You know, so it's the idea of like, you know, if you told me back in high school when I was eating McDonald's three or four times a week when I first got my license because I was 16 years old and now with the freedom to do whatever the hell I wanted, like I, you know, I knew it wasn't great for me, but if I had the knowledge now, knowing how awful it is for me, like if I knew better, I would do better. I wouldn't have gone to McDonald's three or four times a week and have, you know, McChicken eating competitions or whatever the other shit that we did. Like <laughs> it was fun. You know, it was fun. But hey, 
you know, I think if people knew better, they do better. So, you know, like you said, we just got to let them forgive themselves because huh. self-forgiveness is a, is a really good starting point. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we, we see it, right. You, we see the self hate, the self sabotage all the time, man. People are like, Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the worst at this. I, I can't stand myself and so on and so forth. And sometimes, you know, we, we say these things and we end up manifesting it because that, because we're treating ourselves like that. And, you know, without forgiveness and without compassion for ourselves, it becomes a really vicious cycle of suffering that we just, just can't make our way out of. And, you know, to that point, it's, I've been really fascinated with the power of our words this past year, especially I got, I got a few friends that, you know, really work with words with their clients. And just like, like mm-hmm. you said, the words that we use are ultimately creating our reality. Because if I tell myself, you know, for years, you know, I used to love drawing and being artistic. I remember in middle school, I got a, you know, one of my teachers basically said my art project was bad. So from that point forward, I told myself, you know, I'm bad at art because an authority figure told me that my art is bad. And it wasn't until I started designing my logo when I started my business in 2018. And I was like, yo, actually, for like, I haven't done anything artistic in like decades. Yeah. Like it's been a long time since I did. And, and then it made me realize that was a story I told myself. And if we're focusing on reinforcing this or I'm bad at art, I'm bad at art. Yeah, you're right. You are bad at art because you're saying that. So you're not even going to be open to another possibility. And that's, you know, a big thing that bothers me with what's happened in the past few years is this fact of don't get sick, don't get sick, don't get sick. What about be healthy? What about be healthy? How about that message? That's a whole different approach. Because when we're saying don't get sick, we're giving, like our brain doesn't hear the don't part. All it hears is get sick, get sick, get sick. Like it's focusing on the sick. So how about be healthy, get healthier? Again, that's a, I don't want to dive down that rabbit hole. Dude, it's a, it's a really good one because like, if you, if you're constantly telling yourself, don't get sick, don't get sick. Think about what, what we're actually doing to ourselves mentally and physically, right? The stress levels are through the roof at this point. So as soon as somebody gets anywhere near you that you don't know, all of a sudden, you're like, ah, right. you know what I, mean? I, might, I might get sick. Right. Yeah. And so stress levels is up and guess what? You are going to get sick. You know, it's, it's it, the world that we're living in is a very, I think the stress levels went up another, went up another notch. <laughs> and you know, that's, yeah. coming, that's coming from a baseline that was already historically dangerously high. You know, we look yeah. at like, the leading killers are, you know, heart disease, cancer, these things are based in inflammation and inflammation is based from stress. So if we are, if we're causing stress in our body, that's one of the first things, again, getting the garbage out when I'm working with clients, because if you have stressors in your life, you know, you can be going to the gym, which going to the gym is causing inflammation in your body. It's a healthy inflammation when used acutely. But if you add that on top of a stressful lifestyle, that could actually make things worse. And sometimes when I tell people, Hey, you need to stop exercising for two weeks and take a break. They look at me like I have three heads, like, you know, but exercise is healthy. It's like, you know, it is if you're healthy, but right now, you know, (laughs) you have so much stress and inflammation in your body. We need to give you some time to like sleep and hydrate and fast and like get the crap out. Dude. And that's where, oh man, that's, oh my God. (laughs) Like, um, I almost called you Drake. Jake. (laughs) Jake. 
You know, when you said earlier in the podcast, you were like, gateway is a gateway drug to something. Personal to, development. To personal development. And so it, it's, it's all good. It's all good. And as soon as you, you, th- you throw in gateway drug, right? I'm like, I got, I got, I got to step out of that one. Right. Because, (laughs) because dude, like coming, coming from, coming from an alcoholic addict, whatever. Right. The drug, right. Is, Mm -hmm. is, is the addiction. Right. Right. So, so if you, if you're taking the physical fitness and the health and it, it becomes an addiction, it becomes an obsession that too can lead to, to stress, as you were saying, Rob, and, and, and really, and really, throw off the actual personal development that we're looking to do. Yeah. Right. So we got to be very careful. Right. We talk, we say words, right. Right. Once we, once we throw drug in there, it, it spins it. Yeah. You know, just to, to that point, you're talking to, you know, about these, this fitness becoming a, a negative to some degree at, at a certain level. You know, when I was living in LA, like I was saying, you know, we were traveling just about every week going cross country, going from LA to Florida, LA to North Carolina, South Carolina, like just back and mm-hmm. forth and back and forth. And that's a lot, you know, the, let's, let's talk about EMFs. Let's talk about all the garbage food we were eating on oh, the road, yeah. like not ideal. And so, and you know, that was also the CEO of the company I was working with, he was like the number three wrestler in the country for like ages, like 58 to 60, like, like, you know, the, the older group. So he looks mm-hmm. like a freaking Superman. And so I started training with him. And for the first time in my life, I put on like 24 pounds and, you know, four months. I've never, like, I've been a lean swimmer, rock climber. Like I've always been lean. And also I put on a bunch of weight, but I was so stressed. I wasn't, I was getting like, you know, six, seven hours of sleep a night. I wasn't, feeling my body right, end up tearing a muscle in my back, losing all that weight and some, because then I couldn't lift for a fucking year. So it's like the, yeah, the, the idea of lifting because I wanted to get healthier became an ego trip. And then I ended up yes. doing more harm to my body. And then it, it was this mental game for like almost two and a half years past, like really the past years when I've gotten over this mental hurdle of don't get injured. Like, Oh, don't like you're doing too much. Like slow down. You don't want to get injured again. Like the slightest discomfort. It's like, Oh, slow down. Like you don't want to get it. But realistically, I was probably just dealing with scar tissue that had to be broken up because it yep. gotten so tight. So that became a mental, like that ego trip became a mental hurdle for like two and a half years where I got the scrawniest I've ever been in my entire life. And in the past year, I remember I weighed, I think it was like 154 pounds and I haven't been mm-hmm. under 160 since high school. And then I remember stepping on that scale. I was like, that's it. Like, got to change. Like, I knew I was getting skinny. I knew I was getting weak. But then seeing that, I was like, this has got to change. And then that whole shift in mindset the past, you know, year and a half or so at this point has been, you know, I feel the best I've ever felt since then. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Beautiful. Yeah, that is. It's powerful stuff, man. I, I had a similar experience with, with injury, you know, I was reflecting the other day and, and I've, I've talked openly about it quite a few different times just through social media and stuff. But, uh, you know, me getting into, you know, strength training was so based off how insecure I was and how ego driven I was to be big and, and hyper masculine and, uh, pack on all this muscle as I think, uh, do you know, Aaron Alexander, uh, the Align podcast, Rob? Ever listen again yeah I've two, I, I think i follow my instagram but yeah. i haven't really dove deep okay he 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 mentioned him he referred to it in one of his podcasts as like uh 
like the body armor for you know like masking this like you know very scared insecure little boy and you know i did that and that that was very short-lived you know through college and i was just like totally fucking myself up and then i finally just had all these injuries and when i lived out in san diego i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop lifting for a little bit i'm gonna just let go of this man, the, the ego trip that that is in itself, you know, like dealing daily, working in a, in a corporate gym surrounded by meatheads all day, every day, like professional bodybuilders. And like, you know, my boss being like, damn, Jake, you're like, you're looking super skinny. What's going on? Like, you know, just like having to be like, Oh, you know, all that insecure stuff that was still hanging out. But I had to go through that in order to like, begin to actually heal myself and I'm still on that healing journey, but it's a process when our health and our wellness becomes a mask for something that is very uh, ego-driven, fear-driven, insecurity. It's, it's like, okay, how, you know, is this really helping us? (laughs) Is this actually helping us grow or is this actually just continuing to feed that, that beast that eventually is going to break down some, some way or another. Yeah. And, you know, I've had such a similar experience where, you know, anytime somebody, Oh, have you lost weight? You know, just like those type, like as somebody who's always been lean, it's like when you, when you're in that place of just like, for me, it was always so tough to put on weight, so tough to put on. And a lot of people have the opposite. And I'm not saying one is better or worse than the other. It's just, you know, it's just challenges that, we unique humans deal with, but I remember it's just like that sting. And just like, I remember as you're saying, I'm like, I'm picturing times like being at the beach, not seeing my family for months. And they're just like, here, like, Oh, you lost weight. It's like, ah, just like, yeah. <laughs> no, just like just getting so defensive. And so just like, it's, it's tough, man. Like it's, it, and like you said, then it was like that, reinforcing like holy shit like i actually am really skinny it's just like people are noticing more i gotta go get a chicken parm sub (laughs) where's the nearest where's the nearest pizza shop i gotta get some calories in (laughs) but seriously that i'm telling you i mean in that stuff i'm still working through that you know i'm no uh no expert that's for sure i'm right there with you (laughs) yeah you know it's it becomes one of those things where it's like um you know the question that always comes up is uh, you know Am, am I, am I happy, right? With myself, am I happy with, with, with what I'm, with what I'm seeing? And, you know, if, uh, if I'm, if I'm ever like, nah, I'm not really that happy. And I remember a time in my, a point in my life where I wasn't happy with what I saw in the mirror because I was constantly comparing myself to everyone else, comparing myself to my peers. And, you know, for me, that's, that's like, that's trouble zone, right? If I, when I, when I catch myself comparing. Right. And I got to check myself and I got to say, yo, what's what's going on here? You know what I mean? It's interesting to hear that, you know, lately I've just I've been, you know, been thinking about like the evolution. Right. Like the evolution, like like what's next. Right. And like for me, it's like I know I'm not going to be strong for the rest. Like this, this I'm going to be strong, but I'm not going to be as strong, <laughs> you know, for the rest of my for the rest of my life. So what's the next evolution? What's my body going to want next? Right. And, you know, I, I kind of look forward to that. Right. It's, 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 it's one of those things. And, you know, I, I do what I do because I can, I, I have the ability to, right. But there was a point where I didn't have that ability. So I was taking, I, I took PEDs, 
mm. right? To supplement that, right? And once again, I was comparing myself to others because I wasn't moving as quickly as everyone else. And then all of a sudden, you know, I get off of that stuff and then I'm, I'm, I'm back to square one. And today I'm stronger than I've ever been in my life. And it's like, and it, and it, and it feels so good. And like, I actually have fun when I lift. Like, I'm just kind of like, ah, yeah, this is great. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, and it's, and it's good. And it's not, you know, I don't, I don't lift with anger. It's just like, I'm just, I'm just happy that my body can do what it, what it does. And then I, and then I, and I kind of leave it at that. And, and it's fun to think about the next evolution. What, what, what happens next, right? Do I start like studying yoga or something like that? Because I, I feel like, I feel like that's what I want to do, right? That's what my body's leaning towards. It's like, yeah, you should, you should, you know, challenge yourself with that. It's funny. You know, you know, just to kind of build off that, I, I think that the, the comparison game, like you said, that's a very, that's a big red zone. Like that's, you know, when I'm, again, if I'm real with myself, that was me being insecure about being skinny and wanting to put on weight. And even when I felt this, like, ah, something's going on here, ah, you know, just keep push, push through it. Like, yeah. you'll be fine. Like, don't be soft. Like, just keep going. <laughs> just like, you can't, you can't lose now. You can't go back. If you miss a day, just like that fear, scarcity mindset of like, and now, like you said, it's like, if I, if there's a day, like, so for me, I do strength training Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then I'll do, you know, cardio and stuff in between there. But Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the strength training days. You know, Saturday, I went for a run. Thursday, I went for a run. But if I don't feel like lifting, I'm not shaming myself anymore. And yeah. now I'm coming from a place of like, yo, this is actually fun because now I'm not shaming myself when I, yeah. I don't have the perfect rep or I don't have, you know, if I, my goal is to go up and wait this day and I don't, it's not like beating myself. It's like, Hey, I'll get it next time. It's almost like a win. Like I would say for myself, like I had a really bad migraine on Friday and, and I definitely related to the amount of, st- I've just had a lot of stress going on in life. And then also like emotionally eating. I've also been emotionally eating and not, not even so much like, stuff that's bad, just like really over consuming, like really, you know, uh, just, yeah, stress eating. So I had a really gnarly migraine and I, I canceled all my appointments for the day. And Friday was the day I was going to work out. I was going to lift. And for a second, I was like, Oh, I was pissed. Like I was going to freaking lift today. And now I got to go home and sleep. And, and I was like, you know what? No, you need this. Clearly you need this sleep. So slept Saturday, I was actually going to go get my lift in and my head still wasn't a hundred percent. It was so funky. And I was just like, I packed my gym bag and everything. And I was like, what does my body need right now? Like, what, what am I actually feeling? And I was Uh like, I sat with it in the idea, the thought of deadlifting, I wanted to puke. And I was like, all right, my body's telling me like, no, you don't, you don't want none of this. (laughs) So I didn't go to the gym and, and like, it felt so good to be like, no, you know what? I'm going to listen to my body today. My body doesn't need this. Whereas what I used to do, like back college days, I, if, I, if I had a migraine like that, I would like pop some, some pills and go, go smash my squat and my deadlift, my head feeling like it's going to explode. I want to throw up. But I was like, I can't miss this lift. I'm going to shrink. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you kidding me? My freaking, I'm going to lose everything. And man... What a, what a scary place that is to live, you know, what a, uh, 
a place of just full of fear and anxiety and shame and and guilt, you know, it's, it's driven, it's driven by the ego. Right. And, and, and at that point we can't, we can't even forgive ourselves for that. Right. Like if we miss a list, we can't forgive ourselves. And and all of a sudden our whole workout, the whole workout is, 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 is ruined because we can't forgive ourselves because we missed that stupid lift. <laughs> and you know, I, 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 I look at it now and then it's funny. It's great. But I used, I, I, I would throw temper tantrums if I would miss a, if I would miss a lift. And now I look at myself. All right. First of all, I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't know any better. Right. So I got to find a way to love myself. What love that version of myself, because that version of myself is always going to creep up again. And when it does creep up, I can, I can turn and say, yeah, I know you, we've been here before. And guess what? We ain't going to go there today. You know what I mean? And this, and then it becomes, Hey, let's just put the bar down and go do something else. You know? And you know, it's, do you, do you have those conversations with, with men, like your, your male clients? I mean, I, yeah, definitely. It, it's in those, you know, and part of my job as a coach is, Hey, I got to be as straightforward and like tell you the things that you don't want to hear. But like we say, don't want to hear, but need to hear. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, you know, when there's a call that I know it's going to like, just me be being like, yo, this is the bullshit you're doing here. This is the bullshit you're doing. Like when I know it's like, Oh, like I got like buckle, like mentally prepare myself. Cause like, I wouldn't want to hear this, but I know that I would want to hear it after it's been told, but I wouldn't want to go through that uncomfortable conversation. But yeah. it's like, so recognizing that it's like, we got to have those conversations with people. And that's where I think, you know, I talk a lot about community on my page and how essential community has been and, you know, mm-hmm. having people that are going to hold you accountable, have people that are going to call you on your shit. Like, to me, that's one of the most valuable things about, you know, some of my friends are just like, yo, you've been saying you're going to do this for a while. What's up? <laughs> like, yeah. like me being called out, like I tell people like, Hey, I'm open to criticism. Like, let me know if there's something that you're seeing. Like if I'm, you know, contradicting myself or like, you know, not being real saying I'm going to do something like, tell me, like, I want to know that. And yeah, I may come back with resistance as a lot of people's ego does, but recognize that, Hey, as soon as I start to feel that I'm getting better, but like, Hey, you know, that's, that's just the reactive side. Like don't feed that just like sit back and breathe. And that's a big thing I talk about, you know, with people is again, starting point after clear stuff out, let's get our breath down. So if you can control your breath, you can control just about everything. And like I started talking about with cold showers in the beginning, you know, we have a group called ice and iron. We were talking about before we started the show here in the Boston area, we've been doing it for about two years. And basically we get a group of people together that are focused on, you know, exploring human potential. And part of that is working out part of that's breath work, part of that's ice baths. And there's a lot of people that have a lot of fear around the ice. Um, you know, a big thing that I tell people, Hey, it doesn't hurt. It's just cold. It's just cold. <laughs> like you're not going to die. Yeah. It, it's uncomfortable, but it doesn't hurt. Like I think a lot of times we associate these discomforts with pain but it's not pain it's just it's just cold like you're gonna survive being in that tub for a minute two minutes three minutes however long you're in there but so much of that stems from the breath people that go in there and try to hype through it ego through it they're the ones that don't last very long but the people that are grounded to the breath they're controlling that breath 
You look at friggin' Wim Hof. The dude hiked Mount Everest in a hat, shorts, and boots. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're freaking crazy. That, like, that's dude, crazy. that dude is that guy is something else, man. That guy is on another level, <laughs> and that's his breath. You know that he stems that from controlling his breathing, and that can control everything. So it's like, you know, if you can, if some dude can climb Mount Everest, and he was like buried up to his neck in ice and like some place, I think it was like in New York city doing some like Guinness book of world records. And they had to buy more ice because the dude was melting it. He's in like a thought of ice <laughs> like three hours up to his neck and the yeah. thing's starting to melt. Cause he's just like heating his body up. It's like, we are so powerful. And again, if we feed that thought, like we're talking about, about, you know, with that own resistance that comes up and talking about exercising and all these things we've been talking about, that's one thing I love about David Goggins. You know, he talked about, you know, your only competition is you. Like you're yep. the only person you want to be beaten and being better than. And that's a big thing again with sports. Part when I stopped playing sports against swimming, I love to be like in a relay. I love to be the last person. I love that pressure to go, this is all me. I got to fucking do this shit or we lose. Like I love like taking the last shot in basketball. Like I love that pressure to be like, yo, pressure's on. Now it's time to perform. And then I remember like stepping out of sports is like, all right, like I kind of lost my edge in terms of competitiveness. And then now it becomes, Hey, I just got to be better than me yesterday. And that's my only yeah. goal. And if being better than me yesterday is taking a nap for three hours to recover. And I had a killer workout yesterday. It's not having another killer workout. The best thing to be better than yesterday is to now recover because I didn't recover yesterday. And it's yeah. just this constant evolution of how can I be better? And a lot of this sounds from mindset. You know, how can we just consistently like we're saying in the beginning, come in full circle here, push that comfort zone without overly pushing it, but pushing it enough that there's, you know, that space that's like, we make some space and we got to catch up, make some space, catch up. And, and just that constant evolution of it all. And it's, it's a never ending game. And that's, that's what I love about this whole thing of life is it's an, it never, you know, when it ends, we're done, like we're dead. So it's like trying to keep, keep having fun with the game until it's over. Absolutely. Yeah. Damn, man. That, and it, it, that's so powerful, man. Like the being better than ourselves, being better than we were yesterday, because really at the end of the day, like comparison to other people is, is never, is never satisfactory, you know, whether it's, oh my gosh, like I'm so much less than that person, or it's the opposite side of the spectrum, which is all ego. And it's like, oh, I'm so much better than that person because this, 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 and this, or oh, that person still lives with their parents or all that, you know, that stuff's not satisfying. What's satisfying is being like, oh, damn, I'm like conquering these things that I'm setting out to, to do. And man, David Goggins is, has also been a, a huge, huge mentor. He doesn't even know, but a mentor to me because of his mindset and Jocko Willink and all these guys that just have this superior, not, I don't want to say superior is not the right word. They have, uh, very incredible disciplined mindset and um you just see how 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 powerful it is for their lives and accomplishing what we set out to do so it's amazing yeah man and you know just to kind of touch that point some of the stuff that Wim Hof and David I think they're fucking psychopaths and a lot of things yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like yo I'm never trying to do that but hey if you you want to do that good for you but you know yeah. like you're saying at the end of the day it's like 
the way I look at everything in life is, hey, how can I use pieces of David Goggins? How can I use pieces of Wim Hof? Like, I don't want to be Wim Hof or be David Goggins. I want to be Rob Carney, but how can I use pieces of them and make my own mosaic from all these people? Like, not me recreating the wheel. Like, I don't need to, you know, learn how to go into an ice bath myself. Like, yeah, I can intuit some of that stuff, but why not learn from some of the best in the world? I don't need to, you know, learn how to do, like I just did my first Spartan race this summer. Now, I don't need to learn how to be the best at Spartan race by doing it myself a million times and failing. Same thing with business. You know, we don't have to recreate the wheel. It's like, how can we use pieces from successful people and use what works and leave the rest? Because ultimately we're all completely different. What works for me, it's going to work different for you. And that's Okay. And that's, you know, part of when I'm working with clients, like, Hey, we're going to build up your toolbox. This is what we do. It's like, we're going to build up your toolbox. So you've got a lot of tools. You're not going to use all these tools every day, but when the, you know, you need a, a hammer, you know how to use a hammer. When you need a wrench, you know how to use a wrench. We know how to use all these different tools. You know, these tools could be walking, could be breath work, could be whatever, but building up that health toolbox so that when you're feeling stressed, you're feeling out of it, you're feeling whatever, you can open that box, look inside and pick the one that makes sense for that situation. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. man. Woo! Love oh, it. man. Thanks for being on, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, bro. It's been a great, great conversation with you two. You guys are doing some cool work and I'm excited to uh, hopefully be able to meet you guys in the real, real world. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're definitely going to take a trip, uh, yeah. tri- take a trip down. Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool, man. That that'll be uh, that'll be really awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm all about I'm all about the embracing the cold. So yeah. Oh, so <laughs> you know, Rob, let's uh tell the people where they can find you. What what you got going on? Any programs you're running? I know you mentioned the ice and iron. Uh, you know, tell the people. Yeah. yeah where so, find thank you. So for me, you know, my main platforms are Instagram and YouTube is a big platform I'm working to build up. So if anybody's into YouTube, I'd appreciate some support on there. Throw a little subscribe is always appreciated. Just really putting a lot of intention that the past couple months and uh, 2022 going to be really focused on YouTube. I just love the platform. When I really reflect, you know, I used to watch Elliot Hulse and a lot of these other guys on YouTube. And I just feel like I learned so much from YouTube that now I feel like I want to you know, kind of throw back into that pool that I've you know, gained so much from. Um, I love the long-term, long-form content like we're doing right here, which is a lot more difficult to do on Instagram, but also Instagram's great. You know, that's how we connected. And you know, so those are my main two platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Whole Health Connections for both of those. And, you know, it's the biggest thing right now that I'm focused on is, like I said, building community. And for a lot of people listening, they probably won't be local to Boston. If you're local to Boston, great. Happy to have you for an event in person. But if you're not, you know, I'm building up what I call the whole health community. So that's focused on all sorts of holistic lifestyle coaching tips that I, I've learned over the past 10 years or so. And, you know, we meet once a week for an hour on Zoom. You know, I'll usually share some stuff that's on my mind, you know, whether that's the most recent topic we're doing it was about water, talking about different water filters, things to add to our water, spring water, well water, all these different variations of water. We're talking about holistic homes, you know, how to have your house, house be more conducive to a holistic environment. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll chat, go into breakout rooms, have people chat for, you know, 20, 30 minutes and just connect. Cause that's such a big thing. You know, people don't connect anymore. And even people just talking about their goals out loud. Like that's a lot of every start of every month, first call of every month. What are your goals for the month? 
know, why do you want that? Like digging deep that's into so, those type so of powerful. things. So, you know, that's something I offer two weeks for free for people. Cause I always say, Hey, I can show you better than I can tell you. So I'd rather have you come in, experience it, feel it out for yourself. If you want to continue. Cool. If you don't cool. Yeah, I'm happy to have you for the two free weeks and, you know, contribute how I can and how you can to the group. So, you know, just kind of recap Instagram and YouTube for the main two platforms, whole health connections. And, you know, if you're looking to join some community, just shoot me a message on Instagram. That's the best way to do it. You know, say you want to try the community and get you plugged in. Beautiful. Awesome, man. Rob, thanks for showing up tonight. Yeah. Showing out. Great convo. And we will be back. Nice. Good, brothers. Appreciate y'all. 